In this episode, I caught up with friend Scott Quinn, a singer-songwriter living in East London. He has performed at Reading and Leeds Festival and has written tracks with the likes of BTS, Zara Larson, Keith Urban and Mr Jam, to name a few. I've been friends with Scott for the past couple of years now and every time we chat, I always walk away feeling very positive and inspired. From working in the music industry, he has struggled with his mental health in the past and as a result has taken a very active interest in mental health. So this conversation was extremely therapeutic, insightful and honest. How you doing? I'm doing very well, how's it going? Yeah, good man, I'm good, I'm good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Sick. All good, can you hear me okay? Yeah, marvellous. Nice man, how you been? Very well, good to see you. I'm yeah, loving the yeah. beard. Thanks, man. It's um, it's a bit of a lockdown job, actually. Um, right, it's, it's healthy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't risk growing it out before COVID, and then COVID happened. Obviously, the first lockdown, and I was. And like, you discovered a beautiful thing. I was so. like, let's just go for it, you know. <laughs> let's go for it. I've um, also engaged in some kind of social experiment where. Mate, I'm loving the main. I'm loving the main. It's kind of it's kind of come come to its own in the last few weeks. People have been uh, hot on the compliments, but it's the back and the sides. Yeah. It's just really not not enjoyable. Mm. So I need to get mm. back to my guy. Oh, amazing, amazing, mate! Um, and new single, new yeah. singles recently come out, which feels very good. Absolutely, it's, it was, uh, it was a good one. Yeah, I love really the concept cool. of um, of the music video as well. I was Thank meant to you. submit. That was such I was a... meant to submit a clip and I didn't do it in time. But that is a shame because it would have been good to have you on it. It was really cool. Yeah, that was, was just such a great. Because we talk about doing a normal music video, but to do that now would you'd have to hire a COVID officer, which is like an extra two hundred and fifty quid that you didn't need to spend in the first place. Really, who just stands there and basically just makes sure everyone stood apart. That's and great. then you need to get tests done. And yeah, yeah. It just didn't make sense. And then I had that idea and I was like, cool, well, we've got a week to do it. And I thought maybe we'll have a couple, but we had like 300 plus videos sent in. Then I set aside like four days to edit it, but then it just edited itself in like a day. It was crazy. That's sick. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. Came out so, so well. So like authentic, you know. It felt good. Everyone's emotional response to it was the same, which was really interesting. And as soon as I started Mm. editing, I was just like beaming because there's also a lot of my close friends are in there. It's just so nice seeing them. Mm. happy mm. and so how have you been mate what have you been up to um how you been during this weird time good i've actually uh, i'm one of those annoying people that's actually had quite a positive experience in lockdown which is um, yeah but i guess just because i um you know i've i've we've had many discussions in the past about kind of like our own well-being and mental health and stuff but mm. i've got to a place where I, my head's a really nice place to be most of the time mm. and not not through any kind of natural selection purpose just in, just in terms of like i've done a lot of work to get to a point where i really enjoy my own company now mm. and being self-employed meant that even prior to lockdown i had to motivate myself anyway and so when all that changed it wasn't really a big wasn't that different it wasn't yeah. that different and actually i just i don't know if i mentioned it before but i'd been in a on a study for derealization Mm-hmm. that I managed to put myself onto so um, I'd been on this CBT course and what was really weird was that the whole reason for me being there was that at times my brain makes life feel very unrealistic it feels like I'm in a movie mm-hmm. and feels like everything's not really tangible but as the world got weirder it kind of balanced out so I remember yeah. I was like cycling to the park one day before like lockdown really kicked in and it was so bizarre and suddenly I felt more present than I ever had. And it was like, it kind of counterbalanced my 
Really? Lesser reality. It was so bizarre. Yeah. And I messaged the um, CBT guy about it, and he was like, "Well, that's interesting. That's something we can look into." Mm, mm, definitely. Um, and so, when did you start that? When did you start like CBT? That was so. I'd done. Th- I'd done um, just general talking therapy two years ago for about eight or nine months, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was me being really quite cocky actually and thinking I was in a good I was in a good place I've been through quite a bit with a bad relationship prior mm-hmm. and some other stresses and stuff but I was feeling quite good myself and I thought and I was quite clued up on the psychology and mental health because I've always been interested in it yeah yeah I remember from last time we were speaking yeah and I was kind of like you know what if I'm feeling good maybe I can feel even better mm-hmm. by fine tuning the engine a bit yeah. but really I'd suppress a load of nonsense that i wasn't really looking at and really uh, i had this incredible therapist called joelle and she was the thir- first therapist i've been to and she was just incredible and she it was kind of like the antithesis of everything i thought therapy was going to be she was so chill mm. and uh she was so impassioned for me which is something that was interesting i just assumed that therapist was so indifferent and kind of like couldn't really show any emotion for you and it's not that she put any emotions on me but she would be like no that isn't fair that thing that happened to you or really? and that was really that was really That's healing for me yeah yeah um, and it wasn't even like necessarily taking sides it was just a case of like expressing some kind of um warmth i guess mm, yeah um so i was in that for nine months it felt great and then we kind of just parted ways in a natural way which i think a lot of people should check in with and you know i don't think people should be with the same therapist for years on end i think there's mm-hmm. a point where you've done your growing you should review it and then move on yeah um so that happened naturally and then i kept i had a really random um bad bout of health uh, two years ago or something i can't remember when it was and i was on tour at the time supporting aquilo and we were going around europe and i was just feeling so tired and it's knackering anyway being on tour and it's yeah. like the prime especially after all this covid stuff i think how many thousands of people you meet on tour and how many hands you shake and how many people you hug like you're bound to get ill yeah yeah but, um, that's a good point yeah, I didn't realise I had an impacted wisdom tooth that was growing in and it cracked and it was basically an open door to my immune system. And so I was going around Europe just getting whatever illnesses and it was just right. really knocking it out of me. And then yeah. in turn that affected my mental health quite badly. Um, and I started to feel really derealized and I didn't really know what it was. And it took a lot of, I have a lot of self-interest in my own mental health and psychology and all those things mm-hmm. anyway. So I, I started reading up around it and then finally found I don't know if it's a forum or a um, an article, and I think we've all we'll all have those moments when you read something and you feel very seen. You're like, oh my god, this is exactly what I've been looking for. It's very nuanced. Yeah. And so I looked further into it, and I was like, screw it, cool. Well, I need to get this sorted, so I'll go and find services for it. But derealization is very understudied and under researched, especially in the UK. And I found the only study in the UK was run by two people, and I just kind of sent them an email being like, look, this is what I'm going through. Um, would really appreciate some support, but also if I can aid any kind of um, inquiry or, or learning from this, it'd be great to be involved in that too. And they snapped my hand off for, for a few reasons, but mainly because a lot of people that experience realization often have um, a bad relationship with drugs and have often smoked a lot of weed, for example. Right. I've never smoked anything, tobacco or otherwise, and I've never done drugs. So they're intrigued to see why I might have these um feelings and so got onto this course of cbt and it was because the interesting thing about a study is like everyone's kind of like we don't know so we're Mm -hmm. gonna have a stab at this and see what happens and it really was 
um, trial and error. And I, I'm intrigued to see how that works for people who are a bit more sensitive, for want of a better word, because I think it, there was a few times where we do exercises. I don't know if you've had any CBT, but we do exercises where you hone in on a theory. So we would, we would have theories as to why maybe I fell into this um, derealization and we find trigger points and then we post these theories on a whiteboard and then we trigger them in real time so i have to sit there with this stranger i don't know and sit there in silence and really conjure up these feelings as hard as possible Mm. and see what effects might come on and a few times nothing happened and they were like cool that's not it so let's cross that off the theory um and other times it'd be extremely triggering and there was one time i think we got down to like I had to imagine my I just had a newborn if I just had my first child and one of my parents has passed away at the same time which right. is like a which is a fear of mine it's like I think mm. the fear of many people like the parents won't be around forever but um and I did that and I got all like flustered and then went home and it induced one of the worst migraines I've ever had in my life really it took me out for three days yeah, yeah yeah and I didn't put the two and two together I just assumed it was coincidence but then I messaged my guy being like just so you know this happened he's like okay you know it can you know you can induce quite serious mm. um, physical reactions to stuff um and so it was trial and error but we did a score on my way in my entry kind of assessment was 180 i can't remember what the score's out of but my level was 180 and by the time i left it was 30 so it really come down wow in terms of derealization mm. and so what is derealization like what is like the in the, in very layman's terms um there's a few there's derealization depersonalization and disassociation they're different things but in very um layman's terms it is your body is your nervous system we know about like fight flight or freeze yeah and in layman's terms something's happened to you at some point that has triggered that response and we have a naturally programmed response and often you can't really change it without really focusing on it and doing a lot of work but I know for some people, for example, freeze. I know a few people close to me that freeze in those situations. Mm-hmm. And I know some people who fight and I know some people who will run away in flight. Whatever yours is, is normal. That's normal for you and it's nothing to be ashamed of. I know some, mm-hmm. there's a great shame with freezing, for example, because it prevents people who may have been assaulted or whatever from doing anything. But you can't help it. That's just what your nervous system's decided to do in the hope that you know if we go back to primitive times it's a hope that if you freeze the 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 predator will go away yeah um yeah and so yeah your body's triggered into the state your nervous system's kind of blown all cylinders and when it does that your body goes into certain temporary states whether that's um your heart beats faster to get blood to your limbs faster so you can run away or you freeze or you preserve all these different automatic things happen and the idea is that maybe your body never left that or your body didn't process the trauma or process the situation at the time in order for you to then feel safe again and i've been mm-hmm. reading a really interesting let me just grab it here, a really interesting book recently called the body keeps the score okay um by i can't i'm gonna get his name wrong bessel van de kolk um fascinating fascinating book and the the premises of all about trauma and how it stores itself in the body and it was interesting reading this because I, I drew a lot of parallels to myself in that there's a, a premise that your eyes basically move really quickly when you experience trauma. Right. And if you 
if it doesn't do that properly, if your body doesn't process the trauma properly, it can sit somewhere where it shouldn't in your brain um, and cause you to be in constant fight or flight or at least have it bubbling at the surface and it mm-hmm. can cause you a lot of anxiety and it can cause you, you know, there's there's things in this book that blow my mind in terms of like chronic issues like inflammation, asthma, you know, all a lot of things that people would just put down to having poor physical health actually can stem say, from. That's actually from mental health that can stem yeah there's so much that can be attributed to mental health and there's examples in this book of like a woman who had extreme asthma or inflammation and stuff and having had really good therapy it all disappeared and i'm not saying everyone's is and i'm i'm no you know i have no qualifications to be saying this and the other but from just what i've read it's so fascinating Mm, mm. um but derealization is basically your body being like cool we'll take the reins here because we think you're under attack or too much stress and you just kind of float through your days which is frustrating for me because i'm someone who like takes so much joy from the smallest things in life and the nuanced things and so i find myself really like you know just existing with no real purpose which sounds kind of somber but at the same time i was you know high functioning so my flatmate who was a psychotherapist had no idea and people around me had no idea and I was still achieving what I'd usually achieve and working to whatever level. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't feel present. And there are a few weird triggers we found out, like heat is an interesting one. If I got hot and flustered, but in certain situations, it would make me derealized. However, I love going and having a sauna. So it's like, it's like you're... That's interesting. It's if I engage with it consciously, it's chill. But if I don't... Mm. It's so it's so confusing, but so fascinating at the same time. Mm-hmm. So how long ago was it that you that you started this and um yeah what was kind of the the point like what was sort of like the the wake up call as it were like you you mentioned that you you sent them a message and you said that you'd be interested in taking part kind of thing yeah um so yeah so what kind of like spurred you on to to want to do that uh there's a bit I'm a big and we know this because I think this is how we became friends in the first place but I'm a big mm. advocate for pro mental health and I'm a big advocate for kind of like quashing the stigma and um, I'm I feel and I hope I'm a good person to come to for advice when people need it and I'm you know I've, I've been fortunate to be that person for quite a few people friends and otherwise over the years um, but I often check myself on a regular basis of you know the hardest thing to do is take your own advice mm-hmm. and it's so easy to give good advice and yeah. it, and just then be happy for people to go off and do it but when it comes to yourself you have to really push yourself and so at every turn if i'm ever in any discomfort or if i feel like my, my mental health might be a bit tricky or whatever rather than just sitting and waiting for it to go i need to be like cool well if i came to me what would i say mm-hmm. and then taking that advice and so with the see uh, with the derealization thing i was also just getting sick of it if i'm honest i was just getting like and very i was getting sick of it but also really interested in it and i think that was making it worse because i was making myself more aware of it and it has this effect that the more aware of it you become the worse it'll get yeah sure and so the best thing to do which sounds easier but it's just to forget it but it's a difficult thing it's like an ocd thing Mm. um but yeah i'd been to the doctor about it and it's difficult and i'm experiencing this a lot recently for friends of mine and it's so frustrating getting the right help for whatever it is is so difficult mm. and it's just so frustrating and it's happened to me so many times in my life with people very close to me who are at rock bottom and i will be there for them relentlessly but i know and i've learned it the hard way there's only so much i can do 
for those people. Yeah. And they need intervention, but unless you're, you know, my flatmate works in um, the crisis team in Islington. So he, he is on the front line of meeting the people who are literally either about to kill themselves because of their mental health or they've done something because they're, they're in psychosis. He specializes in psychosis, but he gets some of the most serious cases come through his mm. his team. Um, and that's from people who will be having hallucinations and thinking the queen's going to come and kill him, which is a genuine thing. So then other people who have attempted an overdose or, you know, it's really rough stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. But the problem is, and you can get that treatment instantaneous. That's like you go to A&E and then they call the crisis team and that's, you know, that's who they, that's how you get to them. Right, the frustration yeah. is for you to get to that point is really extreme. Mm. And we're not focused I say we we're not focusing enough on the prevention of those things and so I'm fortunate that my brain's wired in a certain way that doesn't accept the black and white of things so like I've never applied for a job the normal way I've mm. never looked at a problem and been told no and then just taken it as an answer it's always kind of like, there's always a gray sure. area that you can usually exploit yeah and me for me it was the same thing with the mental health thing it's like cool so the GP's not getting it mm-hmm. and they're just giving me the usual um, questionnaires to fill in they're measuring my depression that I have none I, it was like I think I had mild um, I can't remember the word it's symbiotic I can't remember um, primo but primo I can't I know it was, the, it was a word that meant that basically attached to the situation of derealization it was making me mildly kind of malaised mm-hmm. but I, ha- I wouldn't classify it as depressed I have done before at university but I haven't done since and so already I'm now subpar for any treatment Right, and unless yeah. I escalate that and even lie about it, I'm not going to get the attention I need. Yeah. And so, and it's not their, f- it's not, you know, it's not the GP's fault. It's just where we're at in terms of our relationship with mm-hmm. mental health and stuff. But, um, yeah. so then I thought, cool, well, how else can I get at this? And why is it so under research? If it's so under research, then there's probably a study. Can I get on the study? And that's how my brain works. Mm-hmm. But that's because I'm in a, you know, I'm in a buoyant mental state where I can actually think like that. But mm-hmm. as we both know, if you're in a darker spot, you're not thinking like that yeah and if you're feeling as low as some of my friends have been feeling you want to be able to ring someone and the next day get seen or get heard yeah, and yeah. start treatment not yeah. be told i had a case with one of my closest friends and he a while ago was in a really awful awful spot he'd experienced a grief in the family and i was on the phone to him at 3 a.m 7 a.m like checking in all the time and he was you know really thinking about ending his life and all this and he he rings you know he gets put through all the usual things and like cool we're going to put you forward to the crisis team um we'll be in touch but no time frame Wait, in that what? meantime yeah no time for it just like we will you know wait to hear from us and then i was like cool well you need to see someone so i put him in with this woman joelle who's my therapist mm-hmm. i refer i must have made her a ton of money man, <laughs> i referred so many people and i got zero commission um and she really helped him out and he it turns out he only needed about six seven sessions and it really plucked him out and gave him the buoyancy he needed to like amazing to improve his life mm. but then a year later he gets a call from the crisis team as being if like, a year yeah, later being like but like hi mate um we've heard you're having a da-da-da. what can we do and he's like that was a year ago and thankfully i'm okay oh my god but they received it as if it was just them because the backlog's been so much they received it like a mm. new message so mm. they didn't know about the time frame I, and this is it isn't it like mental health support in general like obviously there's not enough support going around mm. as as that example you've just said 
Um, and I think that's why it's more important than ever right now that that everyone is trying to be like proactive um, towards their mental health, but also, yeah, like doing things and spending time understanding what you know, understanding their mental health, um, mm-hmm. like like what you've just said, you know, like the things that you've just done um, to yeah to be able to to sort of get out of that. Um, mm-hmm. That's super interesting though. That like literally a few therapy sessions with someone was able to help your friend who was feeling suicidal like but that's you know no two people are the same yeah and i read again going back to this the body keeps the score for me was such a liberating book in so many ways because it taught me so much about trauma and i think we overlook trauma and you know you can have um you know i've got friends from all sorts of different backgrounds some extremely privileged some not privileged um you know i grew up in the middle of the countryside up north you know not not much money growing up and this not the other but the my friends who are more privileged might suggest that they haven't had necessarily bad traumas because they had money growing up mm-hmm. and they had a good education this not the other and, that, and that's the danger i think because for me trauma is all relative to your experience so if you've grown if you were born into wealth and you've only known that and this is a very like cartoon situation but let's say you've had an allowance and then you have it pulled away from you and this that and the other it sounds very privileged but you've known no different mm. and so if you experience something traumatic that you know it can affect your inner dialogue your yeah. inner you know your inner um value and stuff like that and so we can't look we can't compare our own traumas to other people's and diminish it it is yours and only yours and only you can know if you've felt affected by it um and that's the thing and so people can spring back with a little bit of therapy whereas other people might need very intense very nuanced therapy Mm. but it's all dependent on our experiences Mm. and some of the smallest things that happen growing up especially in our formative years we don't know how much they affect us and those things start manifesting in um in our poor mental health or our poor judgment and things or we react certain ways or we're very triggered or even in the way we have conversations if, if we for some reason if you feel like i can't bear to be wrong mm. about something it might not mean that you're arrogant it might mean that something happened growing up or you had a relationship with your parents or something like that that meant that you felt the need to prove that you were right yeah and i think we need to open up those discussions around that um and again it's so difficult because i get so impassioned and excited by it all and after finishing that book i was like okay great i mean there's so much to unpack here Mm. but where the hell do you start and it's not that i'm here with a flag being like i want to save everyone with mental health problems i just want to be part of it as you guys Mm. are part of it absolutely um i think we all just need to chip away in our lane but it is at the minute it does seem like a massive mountain of stuff that people are really struggling to translate and I think the culture around it is really difficult because it's just so complex. Like you should just be able to, if you break your arm, you ring an ambulance, you get seen, you get it put in the cast, mm. done. But to, for you to receive that instantaneous mental health support, you need to be really f- along down the line. Whereas prevention, as ever, is great, and then the cure. And I think we can mm. get to people before that even has to happen. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know. Definitely, no, no, it's so so true. Um. I think yeah there's we still got a long way to go that's for sure mm-hmm. um when it comes to mental health support um yeah as, as you said your friend having to wait a year for the hectic that's, that's just mad um scary 
very very yeah, scary massively um but yeah so i guess it's good to obviously hear that you're doing well you know and and um Thank you. It sounds obviously you're you're extremely proactive with it, which is good, and I think that's mm. extremely important. So, what does like a typical day look like for Scott Quinn right now? You know, like I'm a, obviously I'm a big believer in like healthy habits lead to like healthy mindset mm. and all that kind of stuff. So, like, do you have any like habits or routines or anything like that that you tend to do? Um, or yeah, you know, what does your what does a typical? I have so like? I dev- it was really good. I think lockdown has been good for a lot of people to just slow down and so over lockdown there's many there's many things in my day that really help ground me and i think they're subtle things i think if someone was going to be a fly on the wall they wouldn't necessarily see many groundbreaking things that would be like wow mm. i can see these actively they're very subtle things and so for me like waking up and making coffee i love coffee yeah but even in the way i've now made it the way i make it now for me has an anchor point in my day and so we have a stovetop kettle here it's not electric so that takes a minute to boil so that's a conscious thing mm-hmm. and then I have a hand grinder for my beans. That's another, it's a very tactical, these are all things that, and especially with my derealization and stuff, once I got feeling better from it, I realized I really appreciate tactical things and hands-on things because it really centers me in the moment. Yeah. So as, as wanky in East London as it sounds, I'm, I'm up <laughs> with my, you know, stove co- top kettle, I'm hand grinding my beans. <laughs> I'm using, uh, we've got a coffee machine here that my flatmate uses. Um, so I could make a coffee in, you know, minutes. Um, but I use an AeroPress and I do all these things mm. and for me and I have the same breakfast every day I have bloody peanut butter and banana and toast every morning love that and these aren't like you know where the people are like oh all these successful entrepreneurs are the exact same things every day it's none mm. of that bullshit it's just more of these things bring me small amounts of joy mm-hmm. and they anchor me and so once I've done that it feels like cool I've started my day mm-hmm. um, I started not so long ago reading a book called The Artist's Way which is a really good kind of workbook for creatives and anyone who's feeling like they had a bit of a writer's block and at the time I haven't been experiencing that but my friend had and we were going through it together um, and they were talking about free writing and journaling every morning so I did that for a while um, We just write three pages of whatever comes out your head every morning before That's you start your day and again it sounds like such an easy thing but it, it's been really great and even on my as a songwriter it's really opened up my blocks for writing lyrics like mm-hmm. i'm a melody writer f- first and foremost and lyrics for some reason i was met a block with but getting all the nonsense out of your head allowed me just to kind of free it a bit and i felt like it just allowed me to get something off my chest before mm. my day starts it- so i had been doing that quite religiously yeah amazing. um but then kind of this is another thing i think everyone needs to kind of cut themselves some slack so there's that and meditation i got back into meditation mm-hmm. big time i use an app called waking up by um sam harris uh, sam harris which is a really great app and his approach is amazing because he comes from he's a philosopher and a scientist i think he's an author and he's kind of like got this beautiful balance of spirituality skepticism he kind of sits right bang in the middle which is where i'm at i think i you know i'm a very open-minded person i engage in a lot of spiritual stuff but i'm also i'd like to think a very grounded and mm. kind of common sense person this guy sits right in the middle for me there and the app's free to use and then he says on the first session you do is like okay after this introductory course it's a hundred quid for the year um but as i say that if there's any ounce of you that flinches at the cost you email me and my team and you get it for free for the first year no buts like anyone who applies gets it for free and i thought that's a really beautiful thing because all he wants to do is get people using it it. yeah absolutely and so i started off at 10 minutes a day and then i got up to 20 minutes a day and it's been 
incredible it just gives you that extra buffer of patience and compassion mm-hmm. for people and it's been so valuable and i used to do it loads but then it made my derealization worse but now i've been and got the cbt i can do it again and take a lot from it mm. and I, I would do that religiously every day and then recently it's dropped off a bit and i think this is where people get in trouble because they start beating themselves up because they haven't done it yeah um but the whole thing is the journey of it so you shouldn't you know it's not as if if you miss three four sessions whatever you know you don't have to start all over again and also you haven't failed it's just that's your journey with it mm-hmm. so bring that to your next sit down like next time you do it bring that consciously and okay i've taken a few days that's fine carry on but i think people quit because they've messed up for a few days i think they have mm-hmm. um but so for i haven't meditated in two days so i'll do it today consciously and just be like no i've set aside some time and the journaling thing i'll probably pick up again at some point yeah yeah um but yeah those two things slow coffee i work out three times a week and then just keeping in touch with people again consciously i know first lockdown we're all like all of us were so hot on the quizzes yeah and we're like so i look back it's so weird it feels like 10 years ago Mm, i feel like a different person Mm. but we're so wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and so excited (laughs) and now i know like i have a a few group chats and one of them is usually buzzing with activity and it's gone so quiet and it's hard to get a conversation going on Mm. but i think people are just fatigued yeah yeah and so now it's more of a case of like i just just hone in on a few individuals now and again who ring me or i ring them and we just have like a general chat mm. and those things have just kept me kind of buoyant which is great absolutely um but yeah there's no like major thing that you know is a difficult to attain i think it's just very mm. simple things and it also means these things are easy for me to take places so as and when the world opens again and i go on tour again i can take that coffee routine with me i can take my meditation yeah. with me and i can have that grounding which i think is so important definitely above all else it does just ground you for the day doesn't it it gets you gets you ready. what about yours is yours similar to um, that is it different to that my day so i've started more recently actually so i funnily enough kind of i wasn't that proactive within lockdown mm. like in terms of looking after my mental health and as a result kind of got quite burnt out yeah um and so i started building in habits again because before lockdown i had quite healthy habits like i'd i'd have like structure where i went to the gym or i you know drove somewhere and i'd listen to like a podcast on the way and that was like a mm-hmm. big thing for me and then i'd like read before bed and like all of those little things were quite big but during lockdown i neglected them um so obviously because i'm not really driving anywhere at the moment because of lockdown i started yeah. going for morning walks and just like listening to an audiobook or a podcast or something um and having my morning coffee on a on a walk um and i've just found that's helped so much like you know just just getting moving in the morning like yeah just like obviously wakes you up but also um yeah i don't know just almost it kind of just gets you out of your own head a little bit you know um so yeah my mate sam actually funnily enough was saying that and I'm, i'm still yet to start it but he was just saying how he set a rule that he won't look at his phone until he's been outside Mm. And so that. it doesn't have to, and sometimes it's literally he'll step outside for a minute and then go back inside because it's cold. But he'll just pull himself out of bed and get outside, walk around the block, come back, and then he can go back on his phone. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's just lifted his entire day. Mm. It's just Absolutely. so funny how these very small things yeah, can make such honestly, a difference. It can but be such a going big back to that, shift. you know, the music video concept I did was really interesting because I didn't ask anyone for specific clips. I didn't say, mm. you know, I want nature and all this. I'd have said to people, send me clips of things that have made it better for you, especially in the last year, but in general. And the theme was movement, 
family friends and nature mm. like no one sent me a picture of their new car no one sent me a video of the the latest thing they just bought or like so no one sent me them getting hammered on a night none of that it was all about connection it was all about nature it was all about movement mm. dancing swimming it was so interesting it was very human it was a very human lens on everything yeah yeah um, refreshing and i very refreshing i think mm. everyone's had a bit of a reset mm. and i know everyone's there's a mild you know there's there were anxieties in lockdown but now there's a mild social anxiety building around the day it opens yeah. and everyone's now like oh, i can't wait to get back on it when i oh, fucking wasted man and i just don't <laughs> know if it will be the same like that anymore because i think a lot of people and not to generalize but i think a lot of people are doing those things to self-medicate from something mm. else and i think we've had enough time to slow down and actually a bunch of my friends have moved out of London. Mm. They've gone to Cornwall. My other friends live in Edinburgh. You know, all out to somewhere beautiful. Mm-hmm. And all our plans are just talking about being together and just mm-hmm. swimming and fishing and all these, you know, wholesome things that before were kind of like this pipe dream and or a bit cliche. Yeah, absolutely. But it's almost like know, just London... creating memories, right? Like above all else, like just yeah. having like a good time and creating memories and things that you can look back on and exactly and i think it'd be interesting to see how the world changes once we open up again because i think mm. our values might have reset to what they should be yeah yeah maybe maybe we'll become more human as a result of all of this Hopefully. <laughs> um and go back yeah it's that's super interesting about the the music video you know because it's, it's that's very much in line with like human needs isn't it you know like human well, that's connection. it yeah if you want to look at what's his name maslow's hierarchy yeah. needs whatever yeah. Like, yeah and it is literally ticking all those boxes mm. and all these videos came from around the world different cultures different languages and it was just all the same mm. and that's why i think it was such a joy to edit together and why it edited itself really because there was just beauty in the most mundane things mm-hmm. and i think it was a real just wholesome experience to watch mm. and just remind ourselves of and i think that's why it's had the connection it's had with people and then people who haven't been involved in the video then since commented on the video messaged me being like i didn't realize i needed this and it was all like i think there was a quote i put at the at the start of the video and i, I won't remember it now i'm going to butcher it but something about once we realize or once we discover resilience when we know the true kind of nature of the human experience or this broad spectrum of the human experience and i think this whole time has been so taxing for everyone and however tough it's got i think we're going to come out of this much better people mm. and um you know not everyone like you said you like you weren't proactive on your mental health and you know you shouldn't have expected to be because mm. it was such a bizarre no one's been through this before so odd yeah yeah it's so odd and mm. people again different backgrounds different traumas different stories some people will have you know some people doing a nine-to-five job who are killing it Mm-hmm. suddenly are now at home and they don't have those things that they didn't realize they were doing for validation yeah. and or to make themselves feel good yeah and once you're stripped of that that's really traumatic mm-hmm. um and difficult to combat and i don't think there was enough you know the next and i've had discussions with my flatmate and his his work friends are all psychiatrists and stuff there's another there's two pandemics apparently coming after this and it'll be a std pandemic there's going to be because there's going to be this like whole golden era of like free love man and everyone's going to be like getting out there and we're yeah. just going to have people doing the doing the dirty Interesting. and then the other one will be a mental health one mm. because they you know for those who aren't aware and weren't able to access services during lockdown 
there'll be some mental health problems kind of festering and getting, mm-hmm. you know getting worse and i think we're going to come out of this and realize there's a lot of pieces to pick up definitely um, do, do you think that's almost in some ways though started because of covid because you know in 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 the fact that a lot of people have you know if you look at the statistics like a lot has risen over the last 12 months or yeah so. well um, it was interesting there was a lot of um speculation especially going into early lockdown about suicide rates have gone through the roof since mm. whatever and it was interesting because my again i keep coming back to him he's a really good source of information my flatmate who works in the nhs and stuff was actually saying during pandemics or not we often see that um suicide rates go down especially in the early days because really? there's a collective there's a collective mourning there's a collective depression if you will there is a, there's this feeling of mm. even if you're feeling shit you're everyone's feeling shit yeah, yeah exactly the isolation ironically isn't there because everyone's in the same boat mm. and so they actually saw it drop off and a lot of the services were quite quiet um but only as it went on and the fatigue kicked in mm-hmm. and i think even when the roadmap out was announced there's just a shot of anxiety for so many people yeah. and also you know a lot of people i know myself included and around you know i've been i've felt very supported um by the government as a self-employed person you know i'm fortunate to have landed in in the gap that received help i know some people fell between the cracks and that's been really stressful but i know a lot of people have felt held by that or other initiatives financially or otherwise and it's kind of womb-like lockdown eventually became kind of womb-like because mm. we felt you know we were given time and stuff but now the fatigue's kicked in and the roadmap's coming out again it feels a bit uncomfortable mm. and i think that is going to drive a few people to the edge a bit um but it's just highlighted we see it with all the all the movements black lives matter and the um the whole marches recently um the women's rights and stuff it was just there's been a time for like highlighting our inefficiencies mm-hmm. and our our flaws yeah and i think it'd be really nice to leave all this and then there'd just be a whole new approach to things and mental health included because mm. it's only going to benefit everyone i don't even know why we're so slow on it yeah definitely this is it i've had this i said if everyone had therapy i swear to god we wouldn't have wars mm. it's like you if everyone got their ego and checking therapy mm-hmm. and everyone realized where they're coming from when they're talking and they're feeling triggered so much stuff would be prevented mm. absolutely yeah because the way that they react to things would be different and yeah. yeah and i honestly think i know it sounds so grandiose but like trump for god's sake like it doesn't take you know a brain scientist or a therapist to to read about his background growing up and stuff and go oh well it makes so much sense that he's the way he is mm. and why he's so narcissistic and why he's so all those things mm. and so if little donald trump had had intense therapy as a kid <laughs> oh man the world would be a better place yeah it's true and i believe that and i and I, you know it's, it's such it is a grandiose statement and people laugh at it sometimes but if you really boil it down to you know a lot of a lot of the men in power in these kind of total i can't even say the word anyway the men in power in the more kind of di- dictatorship run uh countries and this not the other are often just very fragile men mm. you know mm. who probably had immense mother or father issues and are trying to prove themselves mm. by being dicks yeah so yeah. <laughs> yeah so so true mate. we should so fight true. wars with therapists we should send therapists into war and just therapize everyone <laughs> 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 just firing self-help books out of a massive camera. yeah <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine amazing <laughs> what's what what's the i'm intrigued actually because i've 
I have dropped off a little bit in terms of like books that I read and things like that. I think the best yeah. self-help book I've ever read was Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, okay, amazing. But I'm always intrigued to hear like what other people's are and like if mm. yeah. So what sort of the best book that you'd say that you've read up until this point that you're like so, that changed my life or that had a really big impact? There's probably like a handful, but there's mm-hmm. um this the body keeps the score for me was really interesting and that i think that's for people who take an active interest in their mental health and also just the mental health and others it's allowed me to really double down on my compassion for people with mental health problems Mm -hmm. and trauma related issues um i've been close to people excuse me close to people and in relationship with people who've had past traumas and i've tried my best to hold space for it and this and the other but it gets to a point where it's really hard to understand mm-hmm. and that book for me has really freed it up so the body keeps the score um matt haig's reasons to stay alive is just a good kind of buffer and it's a good one to come back to and i've kind of like prescribed that to friends even recently and just said just read it because i think if you're really down the dumps it's just a really good eye-opener and perspective changer Mm. um and then more so around um creativity for me there's a there's a short book called letters to a young poet which is good for anyone really in in any creative capacity and it's the the letters sent from um basically a budding poet in i think the early 1900s wrote letters to this established poet asking advice and basically the whole book is the replies that he got and so bearing in mind this book was like written and put together in the early 1900s i read it two years ago and it blew my mind and it's so relevant to today it's unreal and just about challenging your thought process and your own self disbelief or your self-deprecating ways Mm -hmm. and how art and creativity like it's a real it's just a gem of a book and it's tiny and it's just so good Mm. um so that's yeah letters to a young poet I'm just trying to think and then Big Magic was another one for me Elizabeth Gilbert Big Magic is a that should be like a given thing you have to read if you're going into like self-employed creativity all of that and it's a theory that I'd put words to something that I'd felt over the years I'd had you know as many creative people are I come up with ideas all the time and I get so excited about them Mm. but I very rarely execute them and I'd had a few ideas over the years that I was so just sold on and then sure enough, I didn't do it. And a year later, someone did that exact idea. Right. And it's this idea that we're not creators of ideas. We're vehicles for them. Mm-hmm. And how they just kind of... It gets a bit spiritual, but I, I do believe in energy as, a, as an idea. And we are all, we're made of atoms. And I do believe in kind of like consciousness and all these things. And so it made a lot of sense to me when I was reading this book about how ideas will just bounce. Mm-hmm. and they might land with you for a second and they can fester there and you can start developing them but unless you action them they're going to go somewhere else because yeah. ideas will be born mm-hmm. and so when all these cases happen of false claims of um of uh copyright infringement this and the other and there's there genuinely no link i do believe and ideas just will be born mm-hmm. um and bid magic for me was another one that kind of allows you to take a take a breath and take it easy on yourself a bit and it exposed a lot of the hardships of being a creative and trying to build a career in it because it's taxing as hell especially when the commodity that um is being generated and traded upon is something that comes from you personally mm-hmm. um so yeah big magic the body keeps the score letters to a young poet and i don't know if i said another one but yeah all good ones amazing i haven't read any of those so i have to <laughs> give them a read 
I think you'd find the body keeps the score especially interesting. Mm. Um, it's just yeah, I keep talking about it so much because it's just insane how much we can learn from that stuff. Mm. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds super interesting. Um, yeah, amazing, awesome, awesome. Um, and so, obviously, you're a professional musician. You you haven't obviously been able to go on tour since mm. well for a, a year, I guess. Um, what's been the biggest struggle throughout this whole year as a professional musician I think it's just the the thing the thing I really struggle with is I mean we've again we've discussed it in the past but just for context for anyone else listening is the I started my solo career probably four or five years ago Mm -hmm. by chance Um, did a project at uni one of the songs on there got played on Radio 1 quite suddenly. Everything started, the momentum built really quickly. I got management. And then we've made a go of it as the artist thing, and it really built quite steadily. Mm. Um, I also started co-writing for other people and songwriting for other people, which is proving to also be a very successful avenue for me. Definitely. Um, but then management didn't work out, and I and I went through three iterations of management. I'm now landed on a team that I'm, I'm really happy with. And during the management times songwriting would be my kind of go-to to keep the career going mm-hmm. and that's proven to be successful and i'm really grateful for that um so it means that i've gotten obviously older i'm 28 now and for some reason i can never see past my 30th birthday in my head and it's not like a morbid thing of like i just won't be around it's just like i think i've set this unconscious barrier for myself to achieve everything i need to achieve by 30 right um and that's just something that I'm just kind of sat with and I know it's nonsense. Mm. It is nonsense. But there was this kind of like eagerness to get things done. And so over those years, I've been chipping away at the songwriting and then we've finally come back to the artist thing. And so now I'm sat on a body work that I'm super proud of. We're two singles into a four track EP and we're building it. And the problem in lockdown has been that everything's digital. Mm-hmm. And so all my feedback is digital, whether that's a written review an audio clip, a radio play, stats on my Spotify for Artist Insights page and stuff like that. It's all just numbers, figures and letters. It doesn't have any tangible effect on me. Sure. And it's difficult. So if things don't go as well as you'd hoped, yeah. or if they go extremely well, it's really hard to feel it mm-hmm. because it's just on a screen. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like a game. And so it's a real constant struggle to, to really take it seriously enough that you know these things are happening in real time. Um, but I'm not performing gigs. I'm not going into studios for radio interviews. And I'm not doing those things. And so it just feels a bit kind of surreal. Mm. And, you know, if, on the writing side, I, I had some decent stuff happen in lockdown. I had a song out with Keith Urban that we did in lockdown mm-hmm. and a few others bubbling away. And those, that's been great because it means I can connect with people on Zoom and write with people in LA and Denmark and other places that I would have to fly to otherwise. Yeah, very true. So th- there's so many pros to it. But for me, it was just there's no tangible evidence or feedback there's nothing i can touch or or experience in person and again as someone who takes great pleasure in the nuance and things and also the energy of people mm-hmm. i think that's what i'm lacking mm-hmm. um and so that would be great once it opens up again and we can gig again and all those things i think i've probably just put it to the back of my mind and not got too excited because i don't know if i trust how things are going to go currently mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for someone to mess up and be like, "Oh, sorry, we're back." <laughs> another, like, uh-huh. another three months. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that that's the main thing. Yeah, I, I can actually completely relate there. I mean, obviously, I'm not a musician, but 
I a huge you're building something yeah a huge part of grey matter for me is community like that's like one of the biggest values that I take from it I love it I that's the thing that I do love right and so I yeah. love going out and meeting people and you know and going to events and and all this kind of stuff and being in lockdown same sort of thing you know you just do everything through a screen and you don't have that yeah that tangible sort of enjoyment i suppose that you would if you were to like go out and go out and about and yeah. that kind of thing so again like i'm exactly the same i'm really looking forward to lockdown kind of easing a bit that's for sure yeah and i think there's also that there's kind of recurrency in play when you're like when you go to meet someone mm. you're taking time out of your day there's effort to get there you're using your energy to get yeah. there and be with that person or those people and then return and there feels like there's that, that investment yeah and i think obviously we're like even with this this is our time we're using up here but it's so instantaneous mm-hmm. and then once this is finished we'll press a red button then we're back where we were and yeah. we can just crack on with the next thing but it doesn't feel like i think that's what, one of the reasons sometimes i will catch myself getting actually quite tired is because i get overexcited and i can do four or five sessions a day simultaneously mm-hmm. i can jump on and do different ideas and stuff because it feels so easy to do but i forget that i'm still expending the same amount of brain energy mm. if not more mm. um but i'm not investing as much soul attention or time on that one thing mm-hmm. and i think that's another thing again it's just that tangible thing we're not having definitely definitely yeah and also we get we you know we people can uh, give you energy or take energy away from you and so we're not having that either yeah very um, true yeah, very very true you know some people you leave and you feel like buzzed yeah. off them you're like great um but the minute we haven't got that, mm. that energy so exchange yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah definitely i think that's that's super important and something yeah that has been massively lacking because of lockdown um mm. yeah amazing so we spoke i remember when we first when we first met in 20 was it 2019 and the 2018 i think it was uh back in 2018 when we first met i think mm-hmm. we spoke about your thoughts on mental health back then yeah right and I think you said you were like, there's definitely more awareness back there, like, you know, at the moment, um, still got a long way to go. People kind of think it's quite like a, maybe like a trendy topic to talk about at the moment, that yeah. kind of thing. What's your thoughts on mental health in 2021? That's a very good question. Oh, 2021. I still mm. think when 2020. I know, me trying, too. I, so when weird. I typed out the question, I was like, 2020? I had to yeah. change it. <laughs> so I think it's definitely i still think there's this i think a lot of what i said still rings true i think there's this kind of um what's the word i do think people like to jump on a trend and i think it's very Mm -hmm. easy for i know like some major brands find it very easy to sling a logo on something and whatever i think the discussion's a lot better i think all these things that have happened recently all these kind of like for want of a better what the awakening um moments with the black lives matter and the gender equality and even the the whole discussion around pronouns and we get to a point where our lives will be ultimately fluid and i think that's that's kind of a goal we should be aiming towards and i think my best friends had a baby coming up to two years ago now and watching them raise a child in this new landscape is fascinating because Mm. ultimately this this child will have so much choice and i think that's a i think that's a great thing and i think you know to consciously parent like that is a great thing because it should be that way you know we are governed a lot by the things we see on tv and the things we're told and the the cultures we're brought up in and i think 
the problem we have is we're combating older generations and even a lot mm. not long ago my parents are some of the most incredible and beautiful people and they've been nothing but supportive of me my entire life but we had a discussion not long ago it might have been around mental health and they didn't quite understand mm-hmm. what was going on and they didn't quite understand how therapy might benefit them and they didn't quite understand this and the other and I can't remember the exact thing we're discussing but I remember there was a story from when my mum was younger um, she had a post of Michael Jackson in a bedroom or something and her granddad came in and started shouting off and ripped the poster down and was very racist about really? the poster and you know used a word that I would never use and was like We're not not in my house this and that the other and my mum describes how pained and how shocked she was mm. because she's like that doesn't make any sense how can someone think like that yeah and then I managed to twist that because I was like cool so now we're in 2020 2021 and you're saying something to me now that makes zero mm. sense to me mm. and I'm shocked and you can't see it so to me now, I'm you and you're your granddad. And it mm. managed to like, it really got on her head. It was, it was quite, it was a good moment because she was like, wow, okay, this is how it works, I guess. Mm. Unless you make conscious effort, your generational stance kind of moves with you. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where we need to keep challenging people. And this is mm. where when people say you need to do the work and have these difficult conversations, it's, it's those conversations. Um, and the problem is, I don't know if we have been given the tools to have those conversations or a lot of people I know haven't and I think people get impassioned and they get angry and frustrated but you're not going to change anyone's mind or give anyone a new point of view by doing that mm-hmm. and so with anything like that I like to think and I have had this in practice but I've had people say things that are racist or bigoted or very close-minded or um prejudiced mental health race or otherwise and i don't get angry i have ultimate compassion i think i've got to a point where i have ultimate compassion for people and i look beyond the immediate so i think this is something else we could all really benefit from this this is what i've learned through therapy and reading and stuff but people can face me with whatever kind of anger or opinion they want but i'll look behind it and think okay why Mm -hmm. and so when it comes to mental health and I've had people say oh I wouldn't get therapy because it means I'm a crazy person or whatever but like okay why why do you think that why why and then you you reframe it to and so in, in, to base it they're, they're interviewed themselves mm. and you go okay so why do you have that bigoted view or why do you think that person's a threat to you or why do you think whatever and only that way do we change people's perception because slowly they can do it on their own time in their own time and you kind of break down this barrier rather than going full force ahead and they put this barrier right up and you're not gaining anything mm. and I think with mental health it's been a bit like that because I think a lot of old gen- generations think it's a bit of a fad mm. and like we were fine we you know we got through this and that, the other but I see so many um, toxic traits especially in men yeah. the, the toxic masculinity thing yeah. is just so profound and it's so obvious mm. and there are things that I've experienced with my dad for example and people around me I'm just like this makes no sense mm. Yeah. but you have to have compassion for it because that's yeah. how they were brought up they exactly. haven't chosen they haven't chosen that path yeah and it's difficult if someone came into to you right now and said everything that you know to be true isn't mm. you're going to be pretty defensive of that because you're going to be like hang on who are you to tell me that my life isn't you know i'm not living my right life the yeah, correct way so true. That's um, so true and i think so yeah in 2020 i think the big issue is toxic masculinity I think solve that and you'll solve a lot of issues around mental health in men 
and and women especially because i think there's a massive knock-on from men's mental health affecting women mm-hmm. um i think more needs to be done for services and mental health still again it's all in the right direction but it's just not and to sit with you know i have sat with an nhs psychiatrist when he's been around here and he's expressing the same frustrations as i am mm. you know that the problem goes through the whole run of things yeah. and even if you want to go private 300 quid for an assessment and then 100 plus quid for depending on what you need it's just yeah. too expensive yeah exactly. it should be treated as a given and i just think there is so much more to be done mm. but that being said there is great stuff happening like yourselves and mm. you know i'm on another live stream on thursday doing a, a gig for better which is a, another mental Amazing. health initiative mm. um there are things i want to do there's like help musicians uk the one i set up with them years ago still going and strength to strength you know there's some really great stuff happening and long may that continue mm. um but i think the, we also just need to take a more vested interest in our own psychology mm. it's so liberating when you realize what things trigger you and why yeah and once you can get rid of that, you can have such more vulnerable and open relationships with people. Mm. And it's only helped me in my career, for example. Once I, I checked on my ego massively to the point where I can do a live stream and someone can berate me on the mm. the chat and say that they don't like it. And as long as it's an opinion and they're not actually just being awful, yeah, I'm like, everyone's entitled to it. If you feel the need to do that, that's you. And it doesn't touch me. It's projection. Mm. I'm just like, that's yours. And once we understand the basic premise of what is ours and what isn't ours, mm-hmm. life's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. absolutely. Yeah, but, that's so true, actually, because in a way, like, opinions only really hurt you if you think that they're true. I yeah. Guess, you know, like, if, oh, you, if think, you take value in them. Yeah, like, exactly. I, or if you, exactly. Like, if you listen and you think, oh, like, you know, maybe I am like that. And the it, majority of interactions you'll have on a daily basis are often the projections of others and so when hmm. again when you know i had some guy not long ago oh, probably a year ago i was going on to the overground and some guy like said something nasty about what i was wearing which is so rogue but my immediate my default now instinct is okay like he must be having a tough day hmm. or he's he's clearly something's like rattled him his opinion of me doesn't affect my life whatsoever and i just see it for what it is and mm. that's cool mm. and then touch wood I've never been involved in a fight for that very reason mm. you know I'm, I, I'm not too proud I have proud in my, pride in myself but people say you can say what you like mm. I don't hold their their opinions as value to me at all I don't care mm. I think it's a very freeing place to be and the problem we're going into especially with social media and stuff is we're trapped in this echo chamber of needing validation from people and yeah. I was chatting to one of my good friends yesterday who's moved out of the city he's gone to Cornwall him and his girlfriend have gone off Instagram for Lent and they found themselves doing it they'll go off and they'll start taking pictures and they're like why why am I why am I taking this specific picture with the need to share it who cares mm. and then once you pull yourself away from it you realise we're chasing validation because we've been kept in this I don't know if you've mm. watched The Social Dilemma yeah, have, yeah. Or, or any of that those documentaries it's just frightening yeah it's terrifying but they're trading off it you know they're they're profiting off of people's vulnerabilities Mm. Um, and so I think if people took a vested interest in themselves and their psychology and their mental health a lot of their lives would change for the better I think Mm. yeah absolutely yeah definitely I think with the whole social media wave it's um, you know it it doesn't take a genius to work out since social media has been around like mental health 
issues have been on the rise right at a drastic mm-hmm. rate rate and that's why because as human beings we're not meant to compare you know as much as yeah. we do anyway you know like it's super unhealthy um so yeah completely agree and you're also that. constantly somewhere else mm. you mm. know when we're on it's also difficult it will affect people so it affects people in so many ways down to you know when you have these influencer types who are photoshopped and they're plastic surgery up and this and the mm-hmm. other you know let's say they've got a million followers that's a million people focusing in on one person mm-hmm. and idolizing their measurements or their properties or whatever yeah and it's a very edited view of themselves it's difficult because then those are a million people who are focused on one person who won't even think about those people twice in their life yeah will now compare that person to people they meet in their everyday life and they'll yeah. be like well why isn't why aren't the people i'm meeting not looking like that and mm-hmm. then it causes ruptures in relationships and unrealistic um desires and it's so messed up mm. so messed up um that really needs an overhaul because we're going to get to a point where we're living elsewhere in our heads mm. absolutely and if people are spending hours and hours and hours on their laptops you're literally it's weird. I don't know if you've ever done it, but if you've ever seen a video of yourself while you've been on your phone or if you've been working on your laptop, mm. it's quite scary mm. because all this stuff that's going on in there, it seems it's activating all these bits in our brains and stuff, but to look at, you're dead in the face. Yeah, literally. That's it. I always look and super serious and like, why Seriously, and oh my, you're laughing oh in your God. head, but nothing's coming out into your face. And yeah, you think, yeah. right, that's you, you know, if you're working on your laptop as well, four, five, six hours a day. Mm. That's mental. Mm. Absolutely. And again, I think it's important that, you know, it's all well and good. I can sit here and blurt out loads of stuff. I'm not going to be the person who solves it all. But I think if we all had conversations like this, it just even incremental slight changes in everyone's lives will mm. make for a bigger change. And I think that's what we need. I was chatting to someone the other day about it. We don't need millions of people to live a perfect existence. We just need lots of flawed, imperfect people to have a go. Mm. And I think that's the difference. Love that. We just need everyone to have a go. Because then it'll be just that bit better definitely definitely love that mate love that and on that note we'll end it there but um fantastic yeah amazing thanks so much mate thanks for coming that's been a pleasure of course it's been um been amazing to chat to you and catch up and yeah it's been very therapeutic actually it's, it's good it's just good to chat in it i, I missed yeah. i like a good old long chat oh me too mate it's, me this too. is good good subject matter but well well done for this as well it's such a good uh good platform for it and what you guys have been doing it's just so. been so exciting to see it go especially from when we met mm. yeah it's, it's, it's come a long way yeah it has yeah, and yeah you've executed I, a lot of the things that you said you were going to which is hard mm. to do so do you Congrats. remember when we first met and it was just an idea it was a con you were one of the first people to yeah you wanted to, to be like a mental health strip club or something you said <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i was like i don't think that's a good idea <laughs> and he didn't yeah, he really that's didn't it, that's it um <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, man, that's crazy. It's come such a long way since then. But it's I, always good to take stock of that stuff. Yeah, because like, because you're so focused on the day to day, like you can sometimes mm. forget how far you come. So it is important. But I think this is why I love coming back and getting reinvolved in bits. You know, because I'm mm. not involved in the day to day. I just watch you guys from the sidelines, and now again, I'll just dip in and we'll have chats or we'll get involved in something. It's so good to just watch it kind of grow. Yeah, definitely. and be able to maybe offer you that insight back into like how far you lot i've come with it because it's it's you know again i'm an ideas guy but I, you know it's hard to execute those ideas mm. and it's so easy to like draw logos and you know make cool things look good and whatever but to actually yeah, put definitely. them out there in the world and build something is difficult so no mad respect for that 
thanks man thank you and you too as well you know like it's obviously not easy being in the industry that you're in and for you to be not only in it but you know thriving in it is yeah it's, it's awesome i'm so. still here still here still for here. now <laughs> <laughs> no love it mate love it love the new single as well everyone should go thank and you, stream buddy. that um but yeah we'll catch up soon and um yeah thanks for the chat mate a bit Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. And for more content, check out our Instagram. I'll see you on the next one.